great, great song. Matthew chapter number 25, Matthew chapter number 25 this evening. So glad you're here this, this evening for the service and time of messages, what if I fail? What if I fail? And uh, it's a thing a lot of folks are worried about sometimes and, and uh, I think some things I'll help you with here this evening. Chapter number 25, Matthew. And we'll go down to verse number 14, we'll read quite a few verses here, but uh, I want us to go through verse number 30, so uh, 14 through 30, I'll read verse 14, join me on 15, and so on, every other verse down through verse number 30. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. And he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh, and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there hast, I'll get that, there thou hast, that is thine. There we go. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and to coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him and, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath, and cast ye into the and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now go back just real quick here, go back to verse number twenty five in what this man said. He said, And I was afraid. And went and hid the talent in the earth, though there thou hast that is thine. Go with me now. Keep your place there. Don't lose that. But go back with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. We'll go back to verse number 13. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I promise I'll let you sit down in a few minutes. All right. Philippians 4, 13. Probably didn't need to turn to it because you know what it says. Let's read it together now. Are you ready? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You believe that verse? Yeah. I don't think that one servant knew that. And so tonight, what if I fail? What if I fail? Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to be here in church tonight. What a, what a blessed place this is to us. I know many people just drive by and don't even think about it. But Lord, to us, it's special. We come here, we hear the preaching of God's word, we get to be with God's people. We can hear songs that mean something. Lord, we just are, are, are very blessed to be able to have this place that you have given to us. Lord, you've blessed us over these many years now. And tonight, once again, we need something from you. Every time we've come here, we need something. And I pray that this evening you'll help us with this topic tonight. Save the one who may be here without you. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, people are different. We have different likes and dislikes about things. And uh, 
Uh, you know, that's true. We'll leave here. We'll all go different ways, work different jobs this week, and live in different kind of homes and drive different kind of cars, and, and uh, we'll have different foods that maybe someone else would eat and maybe you wouldn't eat and, you know, something like that. But uh, uh, there, there, there's many things that, uh, uh, that, that we're different about. But there is something that is common amongst all of us. Every one of us, I don't care who it is in this room or whoever it is out, outside of this room, there's something that is common to everybody. One of those things is this, that we're all sinners. Common. Anyone says they've never sinned. And, and uh, like I said, I, I've had, I think it's three people in my whole life that told me that they never sinned. And, of course, they did when they said that because the Bible says for all have sinned. And so everybody is a sinner. Everybody has sinned. And then also, too, every one of us live in this body of flesh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm glad I'm alive. But I'll tell you what, I'm sick of this flesh. You know, I'd be glad to get the glorified body, amen? Wouldn't it be neat if the Lord could give it to us right now? Uh, that would be all right with me. But that's not what's going to happen. And I'm going to live in this flesh till I die, and so will you. And that's just something that's common amongst all of us. We all live in this flesh and that we're all, all sinners. But there's something else that is common to all of us according to the Bible, I believe. And that is this, that we oftentimes fail. We oftentimes fail. You say, well, I'm a preacher. I never do. You know, and I really believe we all fail from time to time. And uh, that's something that's common amongst us. Uh, I think, you know, have you ever tried to do something and it just didn't work out? Oh, my, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'm like that, that way. You know, I'm just not very uh, mechanically inclined when I was working at Simmons, I got in there. The only job they had was a, a job that a lady was doing. She was sweeping floors. And, and the man told me, he says, the only job we have available is, uh, and he said, a lady's job. They probably couldn't say that these days. But he said, it's a lady's job. And I said, I'll take it. He said, I didn't tell you what it was. He said, sweeping floors. I said, I'll take it because I needed a job really bad. And so I, I, I got, took this job, and I swept floors. I knew that in 30 days, you, all of a sudden, you become a part, you, become, uh, you get in the union. And so what happens when that job, when that lady comes back, they had to offer me another job. They couldn't just put me out on the street. They had to offer me a job that was available. But they came to me, and they said, hey, said, uh, this is like a week after the, the 30 days was up. And uh, the boss came, and he said, hey, he said, we're going to have to let you go. Uh, this lady is coming back for a job. And I said, ah, that's great. I said, but I'm in union now. Is there any other jobs available? And he said, well, there's one machine operator. And he said, you've got to be mechanically inclined. I'm not mechanically inclined. I, I tried changing the valve covers on my car. I had, I had uh, an Oldsmobile and uh, a Cutlass, and I, I was going to put some fancy valve covers on there. And uh, what is there? Uh, Daniel, how many bolts in a valve cover like that? What, six? Well, no wonder I had trouble. <laughs> but you know what I did? I broke two of the bolts off, putting them one, on, one side on. Broke two of them off. And I'm thinking about that. I'm like, oh, man, I really messed up. I had to have them all drilled out, you know, and fixed there again. And he says, you have to be mechanically inclined. Are you? And I go, yes. <laughs> and I wasn't, but I was, I was wanting to learn. And so I learned, and I, 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 did, a, I did a pretty good job on, the, on there. I, I worked really hard and finally figured it out. But I'm not mechanically inclined. And the older I get, the worse I am. My eyes get worse. You know, I find this time, which glasses do I need to put on? And I also have the problem here, where's my glasses? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I, 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 my eyes are getting worse and my hands begin to shake. And, and it's not when I'm shaking hands. I'm talking about, you know, trying to do something and it's just like it don't, it don't work so well. And I, 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 I know I'm not mechanically inclined and I know sometimes I, I don't do so well on trying to do something. As you know, I was having trouble seeing my watch, and uh, it, was, it was gold, and, and it had the, the background on it. I couldn't see the hands on there, and so I, it really bothered me. I had to put my glasses on. Since I had the cataracts removed, I had to put my glasses on to be able to see what time it was, and I, I didn't like doing it, so I look like this, and I can't tell what time it is. So I told my wife, I said, I need a new watch. i got to get a watch that has a dark face on it. So I can see the, 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 how to say the legs, it's not the legs, what, what's going on? the hands. I was getting close. I don't, I'm very bad at anatomy too, all right? 
<laughs> I look at the hands, and uh, the, you know, I, I couldn't see them. And so I, I said, I got to know. And she goes, well, look at here, Timu. You ever heard Timu before? Uh, someone said it's the Chinese Amazon. Well, most everything Amazon sells is China anyhow. But uh, I, uh, my wife said, look at these watches. And I looked at oh, man, they're pretty watches. And, and she says, here, what, what are you looking for? And I looked at it, and you know what I was looking for? Cheap. And so I looked. In fact, I got one on this evening. Isn't that pretty? Yeah. Now, I got this, this watch. I paid, I think, 5 $6 for it. I'm so proud of it. And so I kept finding my wife. She's looking through on her phone. She said, well, hey, how about this one? I go, oh, man, I like that one too. I said, mark that one. And we go through. You end up marking five of them. She said, well, which one do you want? And I said, all of them. <laughs> but about five bucks a piece wasn't bad. It was the price of what I would pay for one watch was a cheap watch there. And I said, I think I'll take it. I'll take a chance on them. And so I got, <laughs> I got one for every color pair of socks I have. Amen. <laughs> and I can match my socks all the time. And I, I've got the, these watches. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, they're cheap. Well, five, six dollars, you know they are. Tells time. We won't be here till 10 o'clock because I have a watch. I know what time it is. But I have one that it's, I have a couple of them. They have the steel uh, band, right, hand band. All right, there we go. It has a steel band. And when I put it on, it hung that way down. Them Chinese people must have really big wrists. I don't know. And, uh, you know, that, and I, I, I had to take, I had to take the, uh, some of the links out. And I thought, well, I could do that. I've done that before. When I was younger... And so I'm in there, and I'm like, I can't see it. I've mean, I got all the lights on in the house, trying to get enough light to be able to see. And, you know, I'm getting something to try to poke that. You ever, you ever done that, take links out of a watch? And it's really not that hard, unless you're almost 70 years old and not mechanically inclined. And I started trying to do it, and I was not doing so well. I just couldn't get anything in there to get that, get that pin pushed down far enough to let loose. And I, I kept messing with it, and finally I got it out, and ding! Right? And it's like, where'd it go? Thank the Lord for wood floors. Because I knew it was on the floor. You know, just tink, tink, tink. And I finally found it, you know. And I tried putting it back in. I tried getting it. He had to take another pin out to get some of the pieces out. And I'm telling you, I had so much trouble. I finally, I had to put it down. I didn't know any more words to say. I had to get out of there, you know. And uh, I, I just sat down and I thought, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't see it. And uh, I asked my wife, I said, honey, can you see this? She goes, oh, I, I can't see it either. I'm like, a lot of help she is. And, uh, and so I, I put it down and I walked away from it. But it bothered me. I didn't want to fail. So I went back in and I tried it again. And boy, I started getting it. And I got the one piece back in there. And I bent the piece it's supposed to go into. Being a cheap watch, very thin metal. And so now it's bent. And I've got these things flying out of there, you know, and, and uh, trying to get this fixed. But I set it back down, and again, I thought, oh, I can't do it. But I went back to it again. Now, what I said at the end of that time was this. I stood up at the desk that I was sitting at, had my magnifying glass, put it out, and I looked at that watch, and I said, stupid watch. <laughs> but I had failed. I thought, I can't even take a link out of a watch. I went away, but I came back to it. I started working on it again. Guess what? I got it put together. And that's why tonight I have one with a leather band. <laughs> Amen. Because I'm afraid the other one might fly apart in here. No, I wore it. I think I wore it this week here, the other one. But, but you know, I, I, I'm not mechanically inclined. And you know what I did? I failed. I thought, what's the big deal? Everybody's taken some links out of, a, out of a, a watch before. What's the big deal? But sometimes we fail. My idea was, I'll just, well, I'll just pop those pins. I knew in my head what had to be done, but it just wasn't going right with my hands and the pieces and then the thin metal there. It just didn't do it so well. Now, while you've laughed at me, I wonder if any of you ladies ever tried to make something in the oven and it didn't turn out right. It's the oven demon that lives inside there, right, huh? Yeah. You turn it 350, and that oven demon says, we're going to make it hotter. 
then all of a sudden you got a burnt offering in the oven, right? And try to be spiritual. But uh, yes, things maybe you had or you you made something there and said, well, I made this dish, honey. I hope you like it. And you taste it and you're like, oh, Lord, may the Lord come right now. May the rapture take place. Amen. And uh, because it it didn't go right. You, You fail. We all do that sometimes, don't we? You kids in school, you don't get 100% every time, do you? You know, probably, I know some of them get 100% a lot, but I know some of them don't. (laughs) And sometimes even kids in a good Christian school will fail. You know, in, in, in the school that we have, in an ACE school, there's what we call checkups. They work so many pages, and then they fill in all the blanks there and get all the answers, and then they take a checkup, which is like a quiz for us that grew up in a public school. It's a quiz over that area. And they have to get, they have to get a, a certain percentage to be able to pass. And then they do another section. They have another uh, checkup. And then at the end of that pace, there's a self-test. And at the self-test is over the whole pace. It's like a pre-final test. So they take that. So they've got, to, they've got to pass a checkup before they can move on. But sometimes, a ch- some of those, aren't they? They're like 10 points per question. So if you miss two, you failed. And so what do they do? They just throw their hands in the air? No, they've got to take it over again. They've got to correct it, restudy it. Same thing with the checkup. Or with the other checkups and with the self-test, same thing. If they, they get through and they fail that, they go back and they, they re, retake that. And they, they fix their mistakes and they find out what the right answer is. They retake it until they pass it. So if you, if you will, I know we don't like saying it this way, but sometimes kids in school may fail something. They look and say, man, I'm going to pass this checkup. I'm going to pass this, this test, this self-test. I'm gonna... And then they get the PACE test which is over everything there, the final test. And then, then, then what happens, sometimes they don't pass that. Now, that happens many a times. You say, well, what do they do if they fail the pace test? They take the pace over again. Because they may have failed, but they're not failing completely. They're going to learn it and then pass it. They're going to get the idea of, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. But we fail sometimes. I remember when I was in school, we didn't have paces. We had a rock and a chisel. and <laughs> Didn't have that, but I, we didn't have paces back in those days. When we took a quiz, if you failed it, you got an F. You couldn't go up to the teacher and say, hey, can I take it over again? May I correct all the answers and take it over again? No, you failed. If it was a final exam and you failed it, you got an F. You couldn't do it over again. Well, thank the Lord for Christian school. There's nothing wrong with failing because we all fail sometimes. But the thing is that God makes a difference when it comes to our failures. Where our failures are not the end of the road. Amen. I started out by saying we all have this in common. We all fail from time to time. We fail in things where we look and we say, why did I do that? Why has this happened? Oh, I tried to do what was right, but I failed. That happens. But when I look into the Word of God, I find that there's many, many people who, who did some great achievements, but they were just ordinary people. They weren't people with necessarily great talents, just ordinary people that were able to do some, some uh, uh, overcome their failure and be used of God in a very significant way. They were ordinary people. They were imperfect people. The only perfect person ever lived was the Lord Jesus Christ. And so everybody the Lord has to work with are imperfect people which are prone to fail. We sometimes look, how could God ever use me? I failed so many times. Don't you think God knows how we fail? He saw what Adam and Eve did. They failed in the Garden of Eden. God didn't throw them away though, did he? God still were able to use them. But I look and I think, you know, so many times I look in the Word of God and I find some of the, the greatest achievements we find in the Word of God were done by people who at some time in their life had failed, but they didn't give up. 
Now, I don't know what it is in your life. You may feel like, well, I can never do anything right. Let me tell you something. With God's help, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I want to share with you a couple things this evening here that I think will help us all when we fail. One of the things very important for us to understand is this. When we do not try to hide or conceal your failures. Because we're all going to fail. Well, not me, preacher. See this halo up here? No, I don't see it. We're not perfect people. We fail many times. We cut that board crooked, we break that, that, that vase, or we, we burn that food, or we, you know, we, we strip that screw, or whatever. We, and, and sometimes we just fail to do what we're supposed to do. Sometimes what happens, people try to cover up their mistakes. And that will never, hap- never help us. You say, but preacher, if I fail, I just want to cover it up. I don't want anybody to know. And I, I mean, I understand when we fail, sometimes it's embarrassing. But the answer is not to cover up our failure. That's not what it is. We sometimes become prisoners of pretense or pretending that everything's all right. Because we're afraid that if someone might know that we fail, they may think we're something less than what we have puffed ourselves up to be. And then what happens, a person's life becomes a charade. And they become a person that is full of hypocrisy. I would have to say we'd have to call that pride. Bible says, you know, about pride is, is a thing that ought not be found in our lives. Pride is the problem of, of, of worrying about what other people may say. Now, I, you, know, you know what happened when I was thinking about, I was trying to get my message ready. I thought, oh, this is a good illustration doing this watch thing. And then right away I'm thinking, people are going to think I'm really stupid that I can't even take a link out of a watch. Boy, some of you are looking really guilty right now. I say, man, you're really dumb. You can't do that. But you know what? I couldn't. But then I kept trying it, and I could. And that watch could still be sitting in the drawer or in the garbage can if I'd just given up. But you realize this, that we may fail many times in life, but it's not time for us to give up. It's not time to cover it up. I could have said to my, my wife, said, did you get it? She did this too. She goes, did you get it yet? And I'm like, you know, why don't you just take care of your things? You know, keep your nose out of my business here. And she goes, you didn't do it. You know, I didn't do it. And I go back in there and come back out. Did you get it done yet? No, oh, I can't get it done. You know what I'd say? I'm so stupid. And she'd say, I've been trying to tell you that for a long time. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. She goes, no, you're not. You know, I, I didn't think I really was either, but I just liked her saying, no, I'm not. But the thought went through my mind, why should I tell you what? The problem that I had, because maybe it'll help you in your watch problem to not quit and not give up. You know, five dollar watch didn't mean a lot. If it, and when that when that bent, I thought that's it. You know, I'm not buying another band for it because it would cost more than the watch cost. They're throwaways. But we're sometimes afraid what people may say when we do fail. I'm afraid, though, I have to tell you this. People will say things even if you don't fail. People will talk, won't they? They will. People will always find something to say. But you see, in the first step in overcoming our failure is to admit it. Don't be so proud to... You know, say, well, I just don't want anybody to know that I failed. I don't think you ought to go around, put a sign out in front of your house, I failed. Don't do that. But don't be afraid if people know that you failed. Be willing to say, you know what, I may have failed, but I'll try and try again. If you first don't succeed, try and try again. That's a good statement, isn't it? Don't be so proud. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with a lowly is wisdom. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. We need to be willing to admit when we fail. I think it's not really all the time that we worry about ad- admitting to other people that we failed. Sometimes we don't want to admit to ourselves we failed. We like to give excuses for our failure. Well, it's their fault. 
I could have said, well, that's them Chinese people. I could have said, it's Timu. My wife, she's the one that showed me this watch. It's her fault. Let's stop right there. Oh, I had the problem with it. You know, we, we just got to get to this place where we'll say, you know what, I've, I've failed. And then what we've got to do is when we do fail in our Christian life, and that's really what I'm talking about in our Christian life, when we fail, we need to confess it before God and ask God for his forgiveness, but also this, ask God for restoration. To help us now do what is right. If I try to do something that's right and I fail, I, I say, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me, and the Lord will forgive us, won't he? But I want him also to restore me and help make me so that I can be productive in my Christian life. We need to be honest and confess it before the Lord. 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says, we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad he does that? And by the way, may I say this too? You know, you say, well, I just, I just, I, you know, I'm going to get this. I, if I fail, I know that God will help me. I know I can get things right. Understand this too. Let's use the message for this too. When other people fail, understand they do the same thing you do. There's nobody perfect. We all fail. You know how we're, we're so hard on those who fail and not hard on ourselves. I go, hey, you know, I failed. I really didn't want to. Do you think most other people, the, the neighbor here, the, the, you know, your friend in church failed? You think they wanted to fail? Probably not. You need to understand there's something we need to do. If, they, if you find out they failed, hey, what you need to do is be willing to help them and encourage them so they don't give up. Sometimes when people fail, they get out of church when they, when they fail. You know what that does? It makes things worse. You say, well, you know, I really messed up. I'm going to get out of church so everything gets right. They're never going to get back in church. Because the devil's going to make sure you don't get things right. You know how you get things right? Get under the preaching of God's word. Amen. Get under the preaching of God's word. We need to hear those things. You know, if you stay at home and watch, watch the TV all the time, you're not going to get under the conviction. We need conviction to get things right. And God uses the preaching of God's word. We just need to admit that we failed. We've got to admit that when we, when, we, when we sin, admit it there. You know, I like what someone said one time. Christians are not perfect, but they're forgiven. I'm glad I'm forgiven, aren't you? I'm a very imperfect people. I am a very imperfect person, and so is everyone in this room. We're imperfect people. But we've been forgiven. But the biggest problem is when we, when, when we, when we fail is we want to do something even worse. We want to quit. We want to quit. But with the Lord's help, we can try again. Just like with the watch. Just keep going back in there. Just try it again. And try it again. And then finally, that pin will fall right in where it ought to be. If I gave up the first time, that thing would be in the garbage. But you know what? You just keep on keeping on when you fail. Preacher, I've tried to read my Bible, but I, I, I just got away from it. Get back into it again. Preacher, I've tried to witness to people, but <clears throat> I just kind of got out of it. Get back into it again. You say, I failed in my Christian life. I pray, in my prayer life, I failed. Hey, you get back into it again. It's, it's not so wrong that you failed. What's so wrong is that you quit. Also, don't be discouraged by your failures. Sometimes we just say this, I'm just never going to be able to do it. And we get discouraged because we fail. I've never felt encouragement by failing. I played sports in school, never felt encouragement. So, hey, we lost the game. Hey, hey, hey. There's never encouragement there. When we didn't play a good game and I didn't play my position right, I never found enjoyment out of that. That was failure. And failure's not fun. But here's what we've got to do. We've got to be careful that we don't get so discouraged because of our failures. A good illustration of it is, I think, the first sermon I preached. Not in school, but in a, in a church one Sunday night down in, down in, in uh, Greenbush Street Baptist Church in Lafayette, Indiana. I went down there. We were just freshly married. Many of you have heard, about, heard the story already about it. But uh, we went down there to preach, and, and uh, 
I really didn't have many times to preach, you know, some t- few times in college, you know, just there in the class. And I went down to this church, all these people I didn't even know, and I got up there and had a big stack of notes and preached for about, I don't know, 15 minutes maybe. And uh, some of you are saying, boy, where are those days, amen? But about 15 minutes and I preached, and then I was, so, I was so upset, I looked down, I had nothing else to say, and I started to cry. People thought I was crying over souls that were dying, and I was crying because I had nothing else to say, honestly. You know, I felt like I failed. I remember I closed the message out. The preacher came up, gave the invitation. We went back to the back, you know, and shake hands. We're shaking hands. People go, oh, my, I can't believe how moved you were for the lost people, if they only knew. I was just crying because I, I failed. I got in the car. We're driving back up north in Indiana. I told my new wife, I said, I don't think I can do it. And I don't believe God is ever wrong. But I thought that, t- that day he was wrong, the day that he called me to preach. I thought I could, look, I, could, I could say, Lord, did you just see what happened? Really, did you call me to preach and I couldn't even get a whole sermon out? And I cried? I was so discouraged. I'll never forget that, how I felt that night driving home. She tried to encourage me, but I knew what happened. 47 years later, we're standing here tonight. I've preached about 9,000 sermons. Why? Because I'm so wonderful? No, because I failed a lot of those too. But I decided this, you know, I failed. And I really did. That first sermon, I failed. I began to pray, Lord, help me. You called me? I said, Lord, I'm going to do what you said. And you know what? God, I'll help you. I was thinking when I'm getting this message ready, what if I said that's it? I wonder where we all would be here tonight. Not just you, but me, my wife. Where will we be tonight? But I had failed. And we all fail. But we must not quit when we fail. We must not quit. I look in the Bible. You say, but preacher, you were so discouraged. Oh, no doubt, no doubt about it. I still, I don't think I'll ever get that out of my mind, how discouraged I was. But like I say, you know what? When you fail... You don't give up. You go to the Lord and say, Lord, help me and strengthen me. Just a few moments ago, downstairs at men's prayer time, you know what I prayed? Lord, give me the words to say. Because I can fail again. And I do oftentimes. But I look in the Bible and I find there's some people who really failed, but God used them. I think of a man who was a slave. He was born in a slave family and what happens... God took care of him, and he was taken into the, the king's house. And That man killed a man one day. He failed. He was hiding from, the, from justice. And you know what he thought? I'm finished. And one day at a burning bush, the Lord came to old Moses. He said, Moses, I want you to go to preach. He goes, how can I do it? You know why? He failed. How can I do that? Who am I going to say who sent me? How is this going to happen? Well, I'm here hiding. I've killed a man. God, I failed so bad. There's no way you could use me. Moses. It was Moses. I thought, you know, God wasn't finished with him, was he? God came to him there and said, I want you to deliver an entire nation from bondage. And oh, he did, didn't he? Can you imagine this man who failed, got there and went to, went to Pharaoh and went before Pharaoh? Who? That, that man who failed went there because he did not give up. He could have said, God, no, I don't, I don't care who you say you are. I don't care what you say. I am not doing it because I failed. I might as well just go and hide the rest of my life in the wilderness. But he didn't do it. 
He let God use them. God set those people free. God took a woman who had failed in marriage. Boy, did she fail. Five times. That's a lot of failing. She had had five husbands. And remember how the Lord came to her there in John chapter number 4. And, John, and the Lord said, just John 4, 17 and 18 says, The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. He said, I know. <laughs> then what did he say? He said, For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband, in that sayest thou truly. He said, Ma'am, you're right. You, 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 you don't have a husband because you've been married five times. I have to say she failed five times. Now she's living with a man. She's failing again in her life, isn't she? I think she, you know, most of us look and say, man, you know what? She ought to wear a, wear a, a plaque on, her, on, on the front of her that says, I'm a failure. And, and I'm sure most people are thinking, you know what? Stay away from that. Every wife in town told their husband, don't you even look at her. I think she was a floozy. Track that many men. And then dump them all. But you know what? She failed. She knew the Lord was honest and knew everything she'd ever done. Why, there's no hope for her. Oh, but wait a minute. The Bible says this in John 4, 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city. Did you hear that? Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him. Believed on who? Jesus Christ. Now why? For the saying of the woman, the woman who had five husbands and the one she's living with is not her husband, the failure, the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. Because of a failed woman, the Bible says many of the Samaritans got saved. God uses people who fail. Preacher, you don't know what's happened in my life. You don't know what my past is. I don't know. God knows you know, but God's able to use you. Say, Preacher, I've failed so many times. We all do, but you don't give up because God will use a failure. God used a woman who failed. God used a, a man like Moses that failed. There was a crooked tax collector one day, and the Lord made him an apostle. And the Lord even used him to write part of the Bible, to pin those words down. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 9, And Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and he followed him. Who was he? He was a man who failed. He was a crook. That's what tax collectors were. They were crooks. And yet what happens? He followed the Lord. I think about Jesus took a man that failed. He failed the Lord Jesus Christ in Jesus' darkest hour. They've come to arrest him and take him away. And what happens? Oh, oh, Peter. He goes and warms himself by the fire. And what did he do? He denied the Lord three times. Can you imagine? I'm thinking, well, you know, you did it the first time. Why don't you just say, hey, that's it. Hey, what, what in the world am I doing? What happens? He, he, he denied the Lord three times. I think we'd have to say, you know what? He needs one of those signs, too. It says, I'm a failure. He had already said, Lord, I'll never forsake you. Lord, I'll be with you. I'll go to death with you. Lord, I'll, I'll be right there. And then all of a sudden he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. He failed. Might as well just go away. In fact, what did he think he should do? Go back fishing. Well, I'm done. I failed. What good could I do? I might as well just go back to the old worldly thing I was doing, fishing there. And the Lord came by. Aren't you glad the Lord still loves failures? You know, if you and I were the Lord, we would have been walking by and said, well, there's that stinking Peter. My, he, he denied me. Don't want nothing to do with him. But the Lord went by and said, well, there's Peter. He knew he was there. Peter came over to shore, and the Lord's fixing him lunch. He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, I love you. Asked him three times, didn't he? Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Skip ahead. What do we find? There's a fellow out there. The time's called Pentecost. There's a man up there preaching. People are hearing in their own language. What a miracle. Who's the preacher? 
Peter. The failure. God uses people who fail. Now, I'm not saying go looking for ways you can fail. I'm saying this, you're going to sometimes. God can take a person who's a failure and use them for his glory. You see, our Lord's the potter. He's able to take us and make us for his glory even when we fail. The Bible says in Jeremiah 18, 4, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel and seemed good to the potter to make it. So we're all going to fail sometimes. But when we fail, it doesn't mean it's over. I begin to think, you know, a lot of things for God never gets done because we're, we failed and we think it's over. I tried... I've heard people say this before. I tried church, but I kind of got out. Get back in. I tried doing the Christian life. Then keep on trying. You fail, get back up again. I don't know about you, but when I tried riding a two-wheel bike, I fell at first. But I wanted to drive, I wanted to ride a bike so bad, I kept getting back up. And finally I could drive, I could ride a bike. In fact, I could even ride with no hands. And I fell and failed again. But uh, you know, we we fail, but you just keep on, you know, in life, many a times we fail something, we'll get back and we'll try it again. Let me tell you something more than this, the worldly things, there's the spiritual aspect of it, that when we fail, that we get back up again, we keep on going and keep on trying, and you say, but I failed back there, but you can keep on going. That woman had five husbands, and she kept failing, but God used her. You know, I think sometimes people just fear failing so much that they don't want to try to do anything. And what they do, they do this, they adopt this philosophy of playing it safe. I'll go to church, but I don't want to do anything. I'll be a part of the congregation, but I don't want to be a, I don't want, I don't want to do anything. Uh, you know, we ought to get, a, get away from that and say, what can I do for you, Lord? The reason we say I don't want to do anything is we're afraid we're going to fail. The truth of the matter is, every Sunday school teacher at one time or another, and probably many of times, have failed in teaching their class. Every preacher's failed in sermons. I know sometimes I go home and I think, oh, Lord, why would you even have me preach? And Lord, that was a, I, that was a bomb. You say, what do you do? Well, I get up the next morning and go get ready for another sermon. You say, well, did you fail? I think I did. But I can get back up and know this, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I don't want to stand before the, at the feet of Jesus someday and say, well, Lord, I was afraid I would fail. That's what this guy did in verse number 25. He said, and I was afraid. Who was afraid of? He was afraid that he would lose that talent. He was afraid he couldn't do it. And he went and hid the talent in the earth. You say, well, the Lord's going to understand if I'm really afraid. No, the Lord didn't understand here. The Lord said about that fellow there, he said, thou wicked and slothful servant, didn't he? He didn't say, oh, bless your heart. Oh, poor, let's have a pity party together. That's not what he did. He said, you're, he says, you've done wickedly. That's slothful. He said, preacher, I'm just afraid. If I, you know, if I go soul winning, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. I remember I was at, I can tell you exactly where it was. I was at Benny Beckwith's house. He was a kid that was my age, and we were soul winning, and I was the silent partner. I never led anyone to Christ. And I was with another teenager, and he was teaching me how to win souls. I remember we went there to Benny's house, knew Benny from when I was in first grade or kindergarten probably. And we went to Benny's house, and, and downstairs in his basement, and the fellow with me led Benny to the Lord. And I still remember this. We walked out of that house there in Munster, Indiana, walked out, and I, and I looked over at my soul winning partner, and I said, I'll never be able to do that. He said, yes, you can. I thought, I can't. And you've heard me tell the story when, he, when I went to the house and he says, hey, Mark wants to tell you something. And I tried to win him and I failed. And we do fail. But you know what? There's people out there that need us to get back up again when we do fail. Your kids don't need you, mom and dad, when you fail to just throw in the towel. Young people, you don't need to throw in the towel when you fail and say, man, I just tried to do what's right and I really messed up here. All right, you messed up, ask God to forgive you, ask God to restore you, and get back up and do something for the Lord. 
You know, when you think about it, I'm sure people looked at the Lord as a failure. He came unto his own. His own received him not. Where's the crowd for him? Wow, you would think it's, it's the Son of God. Where's the fanfare? His, his own people didn't want him. And then what happens? He ends up being hung on a cross. You imagine people looking and saying, he's supposed to be the Son of God. He's hanging on a cross. But he really failed. He's supposed to bring in this great kingdom. He's the king. <laughs> Look at it. He's hanging on a cross. He has to be hung on the cross. You know why? For your sins and my sins. He hung on that cross. He died. He was put in the grave. And he arose again from the dead. Thank the Lord he was not a failure. He did exactly what he was supposed to. But in the eyes, I'm sure, of mankind, man looks at what a failure. He was not a failure. And the world may look at you as a failure too and say, well, what kind of money did you make in your life? Well, I didn't make much, but you know what? You can serve God and that's a lot. You may fail, but that doesn't mean it's over. We must never quit. We just need to get right, get forgiven, and get restored. Let me give you a little baseball illustration here and we'll be done. There's a man, Reggie, I'm sure you know, you know everything about baseball, don't you? Everything. Yeah, look, look he just knows it all. You can tell by looking at him, he knows it all. Aaron Judge. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, many, many probably know Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is quite a, he, work, he, he works for, <laughs> he plays for the New York Yankees. I think 2016 was his first year, I think is what it was. Are you impressed yet? Yeah, you are. Okay, good. And because uh, uh, it says so right here. But uh, uh, he, 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 he started out there, and, and uh, that man, I, I've seen him sometimes in, in playing, and, and man, that man can hit a lot of home runs. He is at right now, I think I'm, I'm up to date, maybe something happened today, I don't know. But he's hit 257 home runs in his career. That's a lot of home runs. But listen to this. You know what we say? We say, man, that guy did really good. 257 home runs. But then I looked at one of the other stats. You know how many times he struck out? 1,038 times. What a stinking failure. No. You're never going to hit home runs unless you swing. Right? Right? He didn't just stand there. I mean, he didn't just stand with a bat on his shoulder. What did he do? He'd swing at some. He shouldn't have swung at probably. Sometimes he put them up there and they were right there at the wall and somebody jumped up and caught it. But he swung away. That's why he struck out so much. Because he was willing to swing at those balls that were being pitched about 100 miles an hour out. Now, folks, let me tell you something. What we're talking about tonight is 10,000 times more important than baseball. But if a baseball player will get out there after 1,038 times of striking out and still walk back up to the plate and get up there and try to hit you know, that number 257 doesn't sound so big when you think of over 1,000 times he struck out. And that's just the times he struck out. Other times that he, that he flew out, there was even more he can add on to it. And times when he got put out because he was running to the base and they got him, you know, and, and, and there's so many different things. And if they threw a touchdown and it's over with, I don't know. But, uh, you know, <laughs> just see if any of you are paying attention to what I'm saying here tonight. But most folks, would, you know, if we just looked at that one thing and said, well, he failed. You know what? We fail a lot of times, but we can also have victories, can't we? Why? Because I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthened me? I think of the times that I messed up so many, but I then also think about the times that I didn't mess up. I've got in my office there that baseball card of Bob Ramazzotti. There it is, Bob Ramazzotti. I remember that day, man, I think at 90 years old, knocked on his door, a Catholic man, and I, 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 I looked and I saw the baseball stuff in there, and I asked, I said, Who, who's that picture of? He said, it's me. And he played for the Chicago Cubs, played for some other teams too. But I was always a Cub fan growing up in Chicago. And there this, this young guy was able to go into this older man and I was able to lead him to Christ. 
He asked the Lord to come in his heart. I remember kneeling down next to his rocking chair, and, and, I, and I said, Bob, would you like to know you're going to heaven? Yes. And I showed him, went down the Romans Road, and, and I led him in prayer, and he prayed, and he asked Jesus to forgive his sins and to come in his heart and save him. I remember watching the, reading the obituary, and then I think it was like three months, I think it was, after that he died. You know what? He went to heaven. Now, you may think this is bragging. It's not. But I wonder if he'd be in heaven tonight if a guy who failed gave up. I wonder if I, where I'd be tonight if my preacher, when he failed, gave up. When my parents failed, they just gave up. God uses people who fail. And you will. Sometime or another, you will fail. But it's not over. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for the Word of God. Lord, very simple but very powerful point tonight to try to get through. Even a lot of illustrations here about it. Father, I think... I think everyone could understand what we're talking about. God, help us when we fail. We're not making an excuse for our failure. Sometimes we fail because we just won't listen to you. Lord, I'm glad we can get things right. We can ask you to forgive us of it. Lord, you can can make us what we ought to be. Lord, you can give us the power to do what we need to do. God, use us. Even when we fail, may we not give up. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Maybe you're here tonight, you're not sure you're saved. You need to come and trust Christ as your Savior. But Christian, I ask you this tonight. Do you feel sometimes like, well, I've just failed. Well, I just couldn't do anything. You know what? You could do great and mighty things for the Lord if you just would trust him. You just get that verse and, and you know, what we'll do, we'll just look at that Matthew verse there and see how that man was, was, was afraid when we ought to be looking at Philippians where I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Yeah, we're going to fail a lot of times. Just like that guy that played for the Yankees, many struck out a bunch of times. But because he was willing to swing the bat, he hit a lot of home runs. Don't let your failure striking out sometimes. Keep you from... Keep swinging for the Lord. Just keep going for Him. Ask Him to help you. And never, ever, ever give up. The invitation will be open tonight. You need to come. If you're not sure you're saved, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. Father, bless now this invitation time. I pray that we be tender to the things that were said tonight. And, Lord, help us to to just decide I will not give up. When I fail, I won't give up. I'll just get back up. Lord, speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.